The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here on Analyze This. Uh, we got uh, a bunch of big shots here in the studio uh, joining me. So uh, before I uh, do a quorum call with him uh, in a little bit, let me um, let you know uh, what's on Channel 12 tonight. Some programming notes at 7 p.m., the PBS News Hour At 8 p.m., American Outdoors explore giant kelp forests, forest bathing, and sustainable ranching in Oregon. And then Nova at 9 p.m., follow engineers as they race to rescue the Gay Head Lighthouse at Martha's Vineyard. That's from 9 to 10. Then we got another edition of Nova. He said, explore the planet's frozen extreme and how animals can reveal the changes taking place. And then at 11 p.m., Alan Porn Company. So at 7 p.m., got the news hour. At 8 p.m., American Outdoors. At 9, we got two editions of Nova. And then at 11, we got Alan Porn Company taking us uh, to midnight. Let me uh, start uh, by letting you know who we got in the studio. Ladies first, we got Commissioner Tita Encarnacion. Good morning, Madam Commissioner, Department of Health. How Good are morning. you? Good morning. I'm well, thank you. Good. We got uh, Director Daryl Jashin <clears throat> joining us from the Virgin Islands Territorial Emergency Management Agency. And during the hurricane season, he joins us on the last Wednesday of every month. That actually happened spontaneously, right? Well, we set that <laughs> yes, up, right? Yes, it does. Yes. And, and I'm glad that uh, you uh, embraced that. So we're good. glad to have you here, uh, Director. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, making... <laughs> His, uh, he makes about two or three appearances a year, uh, Lieutenant. Uh, no, as, uh, I was Assistant Director Antonio Stevens from the Virgin, Virgin Islands. Was it Fire Emergency Management? Fire Man- Emergency Medical Man- Services. Medical Services. Thank you very much for joining us, sir. Okay, good. So, I'm kind of put you on the spot because you're a crucial talking about that's in Tomia Fire. So, <laughs> so, so, don't hold it against me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Me and you were trying to rattle our brain, rack our brains in terms of. Um, proximity little, and location, right? But nothing wrong with Sometimes it's good to, to, to at least know that the brain uh, is functioning. Commissioner Tita, you were, when we were going to the break, your ish, your concern was education, uh, edu- uh, getting the public to have a better feel for not only um, containing the fire and actually um, shutting it down, but then there's another, there's, there's other dynamics at play. Right, because it's education both ways. We need to educate the community as to what we're doing Mm -hmm. and um, how we're protecting them. We need now to learn from the community how we can actually protect them. Mm -hmm. And that is like really delving into the social determinants of health. And that's where our team is out there doing that. And when we're, when we're out there, I know that Director Jashin always tells us about the weather and how the weather is doing. We've been ha- seeing some really, really hot days in the territory linked with the smoke, linked with the fire. We're asking individuals to stay inside, especially if you have air conditioning. And if not, make sure you have a, a, um, a fan circulating. Drink lots of fluid. Uh, hopefully the, that with electrolytes in it. And then, of course, um, relax. If you're outside doing hard work, like one of the things that we're doing with firemen and EMS right now, we actually have one of our vans very close, one of our mobile vans, very close to the fire, in a, a far away that it keeps them safe. But they have some respite areas, so they can actually take a break ever so often, go into the vans, have their vital signs checked, and um, then go back out into the field. So we're doing that for the firemen and EMS, but we're also doing that for the community. So you'll see us out there listening to you, educating you as well. Director Jashin, what about the people who live east of the fire? The prevailing wind is west 
However, winds at any time could, could start to circulate and, 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 and all that stuff. So the people who live in Nada heading towards Freedom Hoy, Red Hook, have you heard anything in terms of them being impacted? We, we've had a little bit of a change in the weather conditions, but nothing's been reported to us. Again, we're monitoring either 911 or with the hospitals. Uh, no one's been reporting, but occasionally it will change direction. And Mother Nature will always have a vote I talk about. But prevailing winds have been from the east. And, uh, Director, I see, I mean, Assistant Director, I see you shaking your head. Do you hear nothing east of the, east of the, east of the, east of the, um, the fire? None yet. Um, and we hope to keep it that way. One of the things that, that you just said, that I want every everyone in the listening audience to know is that the firefighters and, and the men and women um, that are on site, to date we have not had any um, uh, injuries from smoke inhalation or anything like that. And they're at ground zero, so to speak, actually, and, and they're fighting that fire, fighting, fighting in, in that smoky condition. And we haven't had any injuries. Um, and part of that is because we, were, we are listening to the advice that Department of Health, like uh, Commission kind of soon just put out, we were using a work rest cycle, um, 25 minutes in the, in, in the fight. You come up for another 25, get your vitals checked, make sure everything good for, with you, hydrate, and then you could get back in the fight. And to date, um, we haven't had any injuries um, from smoke inhalation or any heat strokes or heat 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 type um uh, injuries and that's that's because we're listening to the advice that, that's given to us um, from our professionals. Now, now you, you touch on something. Uh, you kind of beat me to the punch there, Commissioner. <laughs> um, I know we're focusing on the fire, but we are going through a heat advisory window. Correct. Right? So I was going to ask you if you, if if there's anything um, that the public needs to be aware of. Have we had any heat stroke? Uh, victims. I hope the answer is zero, um, because uh, when we talk to our meteor meteorological friends down in um, San Juan, they let us know of the heat advisories in particular in Sincra. We've actually had some, especially when we have a crowded area, mm -hmm. we've had to um, take some individuals to the emergency room, but no strokes, no no deaths related to that. Mm -hmm. So I would say that it's it's to me it's something that we have to expect and the reason why we ex we say expect it is because if you think it may happen then you actually can put the, the the cautions in place that you need to you have your fluids with you you make sure that you don't stay in the sun for a very long period of time if you have elderly individuals check on them as much as possible those are that are vulnerable those kind of things that we're asking everyone to do on a constant basis now we, we got some job actions taking place and all that stuff i know that the administration don't it would would prefer that there never be a job action, but even if there is, you still uh, should be advising those who are peacefully demonstrating. Uh, what what are we telling them? Stay well, hydrated and, and all that stuff. The same thing, and yeah. I have to tell you that Commissioner um, Wells Hedrington contacted me uh, on Sunday because they had a job. The walk what was on Monday, mm -hmm. so we actually had our teams out right here by Charles yeah. Howard. Yeah, I saw, oh, so that's what it was. That's what it was. Right, we right actually in the there. right. So yeah, okay. we had our EMS regulatory team out there and our behavioral health team to have discussions with them if need be. If they came up to ask questions, mm -hmm. we were there to answer the questions in reference to their their emotional state as well because it's not easy. Plus, we had electrolyte uh, fluids there for them as well as over to UVA because they had a, a walkthrough at UVA as well. So we'll continue to support um, them from the clinical standpoint. Now, I'm not saying that we're supporting the... the You're not. The, but we're making sure that they remain safe and mm -hmm. that's important. Okay, okay, good. Director, you want to say something there? 
we're just working as a team. I think no matter what the uh, emergency is, it's, it's an early coordination we have, effort we have. We have a fantastic team. We've been working on this. Um, now this is day 14 in the landfill. So uh, initially, Director George was in there with the team for about uh, four days, and then we did, went to the state of emergency, and we'll continue that until we alleviate this. As far as you asked the question about we, when we're going to be done with this, um, Director George is very specific. We don't know yet. That's why I'm watching Philippe very closely as the tropical storm is now changing more towards us, with hopefully a couple of good days of rain to come towards us. Um, now, you heard uh, Assistant Director Stevens mention Water Island, right? So now clearly that means that smoke is airborne and working its way west mm -hmm. and a significant way west as well because in order to get to Water Island, right, you got you to work your way, I guess, through Hassel Island to get to Water Island yes. if, it's com if it's coming from the east. You know what I'm saying? W what was your initial thinking when you heard that there was a... Uh, a, a water island reference. Well, I, I'm not surprised. If you look what happened in Canada with the fires in Canada right, to, down right, to right. uh, New yeah, York, yeah, down yeah, to Virginia. Yeah, yeah. We went to the Belmont, so that particular area, we're not surprised yeah. that Calibra is going to be, yeah. you know, getting it. Anything that's okay. going to be down, you know, down, mm -hmm. downwind of that is suspect. I've been, even had some of the resorts talk to me, like Belongo, that uh, they want to open back up. They've been closed for a month, and then, you know, Richard called me and like he's concerned. I said, right now we're trying to do the best we can, but I don't see this coming out anytime soon until Mother Nature really steps up, mm -hmm. and gives a couple of good days of rain. So it's impacting the, the businesses also. Okay. Director, assistant Director Stevens, you wanted to dovetail on that? No, he's absolutely correct. Um, I, I, when when the stuff was going on in New York from Canada, mm -hmm. it was concerning for us, and we were like, "Hey, how how are we going to deal with this if something like this were to happen here?" Because you know, this time of years when we would usually have our South Shore fires, our wildland fires here in Saint Croix, mm -hmm. um, knock on wood, we haven't had that, which is great. Um, but we do have the situation in St. Thomas, and we're just asking the community to really try and be as patient as you, as possibly can with us, um, where we try to mitigate and and get everything back to normal as, as quickly as possible. Break, um, yeah. you, you had a conversation with with the uh, the commissioner during the break. Break down how this matter, hypothetically, how how this thing actually happened. Because you mentioned spontaneous combustion and all that stuff. Explain that so, so the public will have a feel for how it potentially uh, happened. So one of the things that people are, always ask is how did the fire get started, right? And mm -hmm. when the, 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 the best explanation is spontaneous combustion. You have the atmospheric heat, which everybody knows that's when the sun and everything, and as hot as it's been and as consistently as it's been that temperature, same with how it affects the, the ocean water, it affects uh, land as well. Mm -hmm. You have a pile that is 35 feet high of vegetative debris, and you have the, uh, the, the core temperature in the earth as well. The, once that heat reaches the optimum temperature, there's this thing called spontaneous combustion where it just starts, it lights on its own and it just continues to burn and burn and burn. Almost like start, if you're trying to start a coal kiln, and I don't know if everybody remember how, how yeah, we used yeah, to make yeah. coal back in the day. Yeah. Uh, similar to that and it just... So it's a combination of heat is what you're talking about. Right. Okay. Heat, heat from the earth's core yeah. and heat from the above ground. Mm -hmm. And once it gets to that, that right temperature and needs all the vegetative debris, boom. Action. Right. Wow. 
So you learned something there, Komish. I surely did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things that the, uh, this is my last question before I excuse uh, you, big shots. Uh, one thing I learned on this show, right? One of the um, meteorologists before he moved on to um, <clears throat> Washington, Jose Alamo said, "The summer in the Puerto and the Virgin Islands, and this time of the year is September and October. Mm-hmm. That's our hottest months. This is July and August mm-hmm. on the mainland." Right now, we should have learned this after we were struck by Irma and Maria. Because remember, we got beat up in September of 2017, and we were dying at nights. Remember, the the commission, the, the governor had to tell people turn off your uh, your generators at 10 p.m. And we, some of us, just couldn't do it because the heat it was so hot. So we learned then the hard way, right? The latter part of September, mm-hmm. uh, a majority of October, that. It gets real hot here this time of the year. So this is a, a continuing learning situation we're going through here, right, uh, Commission? I would definitely say so. But conversations, knowing what happened and how it happened mm-hmm. allows us to look at how we could prevent it in right. the future. Yeah, yeah that's good. I want to thank uh, all three of you, Virgin Islanders, uh, for joining us. Um, Director Jashin, as, uh, as is the norm, um, the next time we talk is going to be October, man. Yes, it will. Uh, and and, and yes, then it's going to be November, and hopefully it'll be over. Post-event discussions. Yeah, 2023. Yeah. And we'll be in debrief mode, right? Exactly. Uh, post-mortem, all that good stuff, right? Uh, and uh, hopefully, um, Philippe, which is now heading, actually it's heading due west towards us. It's our, at our latitude now, 17.6. Yes. We'll get another advisory at 11 p.m. because it's a six-hour deal now, yes. right? Mm-hmm. All right, now and, uh, we'll, we'll see how that works. We wouldn't mind some rain. Um, we definitely would like some rain, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. W- w- without a doubt. Uh, Kamish, uh, anything else you want to let the public know? What we're dealing with now is the school year is in full effect. Now, yeah, of course, you know, we can do it. Continue to be ca- careful out there. Uh, I think that's the main thing, looking at the heat. Um, and just to, I think that to develop in the trust that what we're doing as a team is mm-hmm. there, we're here for you. Uh, can name all the, the um, departments that uh, that's out there because it's amazing. Human services there as well. So just thanking everyone to continue to work so closely together. And, of course, I have to thank my team that's out there, Boots on the Ground, Dr. Sims and the team, mm-hmm. for doing the things that they're doing right now in St. Thomas. Yeah, you, you people, them, um, Taika Mil Huntsies have been texting me, bragging about you and all that stuff. And what are we telling the folks in Bavonia and Thomasville? Be safe. Stay inside air condition if you have if not have a fan on and call for help if you need if it's a true emergency call 911 um, call the hotline that dr dr jashin spoke about and and of course keep hydrated drink a lot of fluids like i said yesterday no rum no beer mm-hmm. um because actually that that tells you it it kind of mimics it's okay you know I'm, I'm i'm drinking rum i feel good but really truly your body isn't so please drink a lot of fluids outside of that what was the hotline number? Hotline numbers again? Well, it's, it's the Vitima office number three four zero seven seven four two two four four two two four four. Yeah, and, and also the Alert VI system we're using it with the Vitima and Department of Police to get emergency information out. So that's always a way we can get out. So sign up for that mm-hmm. by visiting Vitima vi.gov english spanish you get text messages emails or phone calls to let you know if it's an emergency we can communicate to you very quickly quickly assistant director stevens anything you want um, you know fire io actually are the primary agency now that people look into for guidance and all that stuff we we are the primary agency and and, and thank you for for letting me get in here lastly but um the the we 
couldn't do what it is we doing without the team that has been assembled. Mm-hmm. Um, Director Jashin. You're talking about Unified Command. The Unified Command. Okay. Um, Director Jashin being the coordinator of, uh, of everything, bringing us all together. But Fire couldn't do this on their own. Um, we couldn't do it without the Department of Health, the PNR, uh, VI Waste Management, there are a number of agencies, and we want to say thank you to all of them um, for, for the support that they have been giving us. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, if, if we could share this information, or if we could have the community in that room with us when we see Nong attacking, there's there's no um, no 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 one that has an attitude in that room. We're just working hard to, to for, for the community. Um, and lastly, what I would like to say is, um, you heard uh, Commissioner and kind of soon talk about uh, heat injuries. We have a, a event coming up here uh, via, via Puerto Rican Friendship um, Weekend, which starts, I forget the actual date that it starts, but it's, it's, it's here coming up. And we want to make sure that the community stays safe for that event. It's, it's, it's Some of the stuff is being taken care of, being done during the day when it's still kind of hot. So we want to uh, adhere to what the commissioner just stated as far as making sure that we control uh, alcohol consumption at the same time still having fun and watch those mass gatherings because that's when we do have uh, situations where we um, the ambulance has to come pick you up and stuff like that and, and get you out there. They, it, it starts on uh, it starts on October 9th? Well, mm-hmm. it will be the weekend, but the week, the it day actually October 9th is yeah. the VI Friendship Day. Right, but so the, event the, the event area. starts on the, 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 the Thursday before October 9th mm-hmm. and, and runs shoot the entire weekend. No, that's, uh, that, that, let me see, it's not this weekend. It's right. next yes, weekend, next week. right. right? So that means uh, if, if Sunday is October the 1st, that means we're talking Friday the 7th. Or Friday the sixth. It's that's a Thursday night. Yeah, yeah Thursday. So that'd be Thursday. Yeah. Thursday the fifth. No, 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 no. If the ninth is the Monday. If Sunday's the one. If Sunday's the first, that means the next Sunday's the eighth. That means Monday's the ninth. So, right. so, the, so the weekend would be sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. Right. Okay. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Right. Like you say you got an event on the Thursday. It's that's the Thursday. Opening okay, opening event is on the Thursday. Okay, so that's the fifth then. So from right. the fifth to the ninth, right? Okay, we're good. Thanks to all three of you for joining us this morning. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank uh, you Director Dara Jashin, Commissioner Hustatita Encarnacion, and Assistant Director uh, Antonio Stevens. We'll take a break, and we'll be back right after this. Thank you, sir. a lot of what you can do and have access to. Introducing Credit Score by Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix's credit score include daily access to your score, real-time alerts, personalized credit report, and special offers. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay, 340-773-8500, and one in Peter's Rest, 340-713-8500. Bank of St. Croix, bankofstcroix.com, or the Bank of St. Croix app. 
he said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. I wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Lord have mercy. Another letter in the mail about my Medicare coverage. I don't even know what they're sending me anymore. Mom, let's call VI Ship. VI Ship? I don't have anything to ship from the States. No, VI Ship is the acronym for the Virgin Islands State Health Insurance Assistance Program, administered through the Office of the Lieutenant Governor. VI Ship is local help for people with Medicare, providing free information and counseling to all Medicare beneficiaries. Yes, sir, Yankin too. Perfect. Someone to answer all my Medicare questions. That's right. VI SHIP can provide guidance on Medicare enrollment, prescription drug coverage, supplement plans, and more. Where's the phone? Let's call VI SHIP. Navigating Medicare can be complicated, but VI SHIP is here to assist. Call today, 340-773-6449 for St. Croix and 340-774-2991 for St. Thomas and St. John. Back here, I analyze this and I uh, want to thank uh, Vaitima, Department of Health, and the uh, fire services for joining us uh, this morning to bring us up to date as to what we're dealing with uh, with the um, uh, unfortunate state of emergency as a result of the fire over there at the landfill in St. Thomas, and of course, also you know, the heat advisories that we're dealing with and how it's impacting a number of different uh, areas uh, in our uh, community and society to include education. Uh, and uh, joining me on the line right now uh, is uh, the AFT president, uh, Local 1826, uh, Ms. Rosa Soto Thomas, out of the West. Good morning, Madam President. How are you? I'm doing fine considering all the mess that's happening in our community. That's good. Uh, especially in education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just talking to my building reps at Woodson School, and they're underwater. So, again... The children of the Virgin Islands continue to suffer and not get educated because of the leadership team of the Virgin Islands Department of Education. Well, I can just yield to you and um, you know let you educate uh, the listeners uh, as to what transpired that led to uh, your membership, along with our students, um, to um, actually you know stand up and say you know we don't want to, we don't think we should be functioning under these conditions. So the floor is yours. All right. So good morning to uh, the listening public. Um, you know, the, while the union uh, hasn't sanctioned anything, I mean, the members took action. And yes, we support them because they're frustrated. I'm the one, uh, you know, filing the grievance. The grievance committee is filing grievances. We call it OSHA. We call in the superintendent and the commission every day. So, you know, it's a problem. I mean, they seem to have turned a blind eye to so many things that's happening, inefficiency uh, of the Department of 
education operations team. Even, I mean, it's public that the Board of Education conducted their walkthrough. Uh, the report is provided. I think it was September 12th dated. And, um, you know, they gave an extensive, a extensive report of all the maintenance work that continues to be deferred. And it's deferred because it's not happening. Nobody is uh, taking care of the majority of it. I know St. Thomas, for the most part, is happy with the AC, but they too got problems from that report. I saw a slew of things that uh, needs to be taken care of in that district as well. So, you know, um, I while I'm happy for St. Thomas with the AC, we, we need the AC over here because of, you mentioned the heat index, and that's impacting us. But for the first in a long time, uh, an administration is like draped with money. They're drenched in money, okay? And they can't spend it. You know, so much money. Pots are running over with money. And why aren't we putting it into our schools? You know, I, I understand it was given to us for varying reasons to include uh, infrastructure problems and uh, all the issues that the AFT has brought to the public attention, the water issue, the heat, you know, the um, class size issue and uh, I know the governor keeps saying he cannot find personnel to do this. He cannot find personnel to do that. Bodies, you know. So what are we going to do as a district? We have all this money. So if that's the case, what do you think is going to happen, you know? I, I really feel it's just we have leaders that can't handle the job. That's what I feel. Because a lot of people have been on board. I know for a fact that um, one of the um, the insular superintendent was out for a long time and an authorized leave. I mean, people are entitled to leave for whatever reason, military, whatever. That is fine. I got that. The union got that. But people who process the expenditure of monies, I mean, who takes charge when they're absent? When people are on the job working on PhDs and college work, I mean, who takes care of their, their job? You know? Because they're holding the teachers accountable. They, they want to dock teachers as we speak. They're docking teachers this pay period because the teachers took action uh, of the, because of their failure. It stems from their failure, the leadership of the Department of Education failure to do their job. They derelicted their duties, but they got paid. They continue to get paid, and they can't expend the money for varying reasons, varying reasons, okay? And, um, you know, it's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. People have a right to stand up and demand changes in their community and in their environments and their workspaces. I realize that we have a lot of money in here and they're going to rebuild. And we're happy. We're happy that down the road, probably by the time I get my rocking chair, we're going to see new schools, okay? Uh, but in the interim, what do we do? The Department of Education and the government has an obligation to make sure that these environments are healthy and they meet some standards. You cannot continue to just put people willy-nilly in spaces that's a detriment to their health and safety. That is not okay. There are laws on the books that protect us, okay? And when our employer fails to deliver, you know, this is what happens when our employer fails to deliver. People get frustrated, they get angry, and they take action, okay? Uh, while the union did not organize this, I mean, it's excessive heat. I know the governor has acknowledged that. Even when the Commission of Education came to speak 
to the AFC members at the St. Croix Educational Complex in August. I mean, she clearly told him she got money, you know, and for lack of money, well, the way things are done. So she admits to it, but where's the plan? I mean, they need to, like, map out each and every school. This is the union solution uh, because they say we talk and we talk and we don't give solutions. Uh, sometimes we're accused of that. So they all need to map out schools. If the maintenance people are not capable of doing it, then all of them with the PhDs and whatever need to get together and chart out the schools for them, okay? So we have very intelligent people in education. I don't know why monies aren't being spent, all right? They got heavy titles behind the names and degrees. So they need to chart out and map out every school like the Board of Education has done, you know, but they have, um, based on what I'm saying, limited power, but they, they got an obligation. They want more power, but I, I don't know about that, the board. The board wants more power. But I don't know that that is the panacea to all the issues we have here. I know that the uh, legislature passed a bill authorizing uh, the office of, uh, what is it, the Bureau of Maintenance and Construction. So we're, we're waiting because that, too, has funding, I think about $7 million sitting in a pot. But they don't have a director yet. The governor, to my knowledge, hasn't named anyone. I haven't heard it publicly because once that is done, then they get to set up an advisory board, okay? Uh, of course, th that doesn't involve in include any unions. It's just government officials, you know? No, 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 no. Based on what I'm hearing here is um, there hasn't been a AFT-sanctioned uh, event as a result of what we're seeing uh, over the last, um, I'd say, five to six school days is what you're saying. Oh, no, no, no. Um, we, we know Act 4440. If we are striking uh, the union president, would give them the three days notice and take it from there. Okay. 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 Wait for papers to be processed and take it from there. That's what we do. I mean, this is not, uh, I, I'm not, this is not my first uh, time as the president. I've been here. Uh, for quite some time, even no, though no, I've been no, the president no, hold, hold, going hold, on my 12th year. No, no, no hold on. Hold very on, active oh, in the union. No, hold on. I, 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 I'm very, very much aware. I never said that. I, I was waiting for you to say this is my first rodeo, right? <laughs> right? So, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that is um, it, too. You know, you're absolutely correct. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't encourage, you wouldn't encourage a job action. As president, because then you would be derelict in your duty by not following what the law requires, which is the notice. Right? Exactly. Okay, so, so. so this really is an insult mm. to my intelligence by, you know, the accusations. And, of course, the union was served with all kinds of stuff yesterday, you know. TRO, uh, prospective TRO, uh, they're trying to seek injunctive relief. Uh, the usual, because you are a member of the union, too. Without a doubt. So, Without a doubt. I, uh, I mentioned that yesterday when speaking to... Um, your uh, compatriot, Miss um, Leontine Jones, right? She's the president for Local 1825, St. Yes, Thomas, Thomas and St. John, and all that stuff. Now, um, <clears throat> looking back, um, we got impacted by the storms in 2017. Um, monies were made available for the Virgin Islands in 2018, um, we are in 2023. Um, that's a long time, Madam President. Um, uh, yeah, it uh, is uh, a long uh, time. Uh, you uh, know, uh, pressure uh, the bus pipe, right? Yeah, without a doubt. But but I I want to even take it a little bit further back than that. 
Um, our our youngest elementary school is Ricardo Richards. That's what forty years, forty three years. I think it's eighty or eighty one, somewhere between there, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our youngest um, junior high school, right? Um, don't even exist no more. That's um, Elena Christian, right? Right? Yeah. right? That, that, that 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 one is abandoned, right? Uh-huh. And, yeah. and and our youngest school overall on Saint Croix is the complex, right? Which is 28 years, because that opened in 1995. Um, uh-huh. and, and the thing about that is that may have been, uh, I don't want to say abuse, but remember now when the storms hit in 17, we had at least five, six schools at, at the complex at one time, right? Um, That's right, right after the hurricane. Yeah, we had a, elementary schools and John Woodson and all that stuff were occupied at, at the complex, so... Um, we need to be careful that we don't run down the, the newest school, which is the complex. Yeah, well, unfortunately, that is happening. That school is deteriorating rapidly. There's wow. there's no maintenance happening there. If you walk through, you could just look up and you could see, you know, things are falling apart. You know, so we, we have a history of that. We're notorious as leaders in the Virgin Islands for not maintaining our schools, you know. Uh, I've always heard my predecessors say uh, that, you know, it's the same issues, it's just new players, just new players. And uh, as I look through the archives of the union, because like you say, it's not my first rodeo, as I look through the archives of the union and look at all the issues, they pretty much remain the same. They remain the same. Uh, the union uh, put out a listing of critical issues. Uh, the teachers compile that listing and support staff and paras, and, and uh, clearly they're the same issues. You know, the heat was there too. But it has just gotten worse, the problem with the ACs and whatnot, you know. So um, I just hope that we can get beyond this and decide, you know, what is permanent, what isn't permanent, what are we going to keep, what are we going to uh, give up? Because I know they're going to destroy many schools. They're going to demolish many schools, Mr. James. Mm-hmm. It's our reality, mm-hmm. you know. But we're not hearing from the department. How are we going to progress? How are we going to, you know, what are we going to put in place to make sure that we continue to meet the needs of the union and not abridge their contract? Because they're saying we abridge our contract. They have been violating the AFT contract forever. I mean, they act like it don't exist. You know, these people have no moral values, you know, none. They have none. They're operating like the mafia. No, it's whatever they say goes, you know, Mr. James. That's what's going on. It's whatever they say goes, so... You know, that's why everybody feels like the Democratic Party is just controlling everything in the Virgin Islands. And uh, where does the legislature stand? A lot of them are too, they're Democrats. So even though we're saying it's a different, it's a separate branch and equal government, is, is that really the case? You know, many of us are feeling like they're becoming one. You know, there's this oneness happening with the first branch and, and also the executive branch of government. You know, they hold in one head. Any legislation come from the government, out, you, you see the legislature just embracing the Democratic Party, right? They embrace it wholeheartedly. And um, so, you know, th- that's how members feel. But we have got to do better and uh, try to adhere to the union contract because the amount of grievances that we file in this wrong is just unnecessary because some of it is just us talking together and working out disputes just like we teach our children, you know, in terms of conflict resolution, to come to the table, 
have discussions, but when we give them ideas and we speak to them about issues, they totally dismiss them, dismiss them. I mean, we've never had so many members who have been suspended since we have Atlee Herman that became the superintendent. And she started, um, you know, at a uh, Ricardo Richards School as a professional, work her way up. And as women, we're proud. You know, we're proud to see our women move ahead. But, I mean, to not have uh, that uh, resolution or conflict resolution skill is an issue. They're never resolving everything. Everything got to go to some other level some formality we get to a grievance level we you know how many arbitration we, we get into so many arbitration cases because they're not resolving anything you speak to the commissioner you go go to the governor to try to get things resolved they got attorneys one live in the state that's working in the tri-state area and they got one on island and they still can't resolve stuff you know they still can't resolve stuff so and they, they keep violating violating the aft contract and i can go on and on but, well, well, um, well, well I, I, I want to know what what are you hearing um, from like the Department of Health because uh, we do we talk with the, the weather service they inform us of heat advisories and all that stuff because what we're dealing with here what we're dealing with here is real you know this people may have right. they could have whatever positions they have with respect to climate change and all that stuff but ninety degrees to uh, upper nineties and days over hundred degrees is real it's going on right now and asking people to work under these circumstances is totally unacceptable so what are you hearing uh from the department well, of health as it relates to advice because you well, could have whatever perspective you want huh? Go ahead. No, no i'm saying is each side could have whatever respective the perspective they want but the reality is we still got to exist here and gotta look out for each other yeah, because um, people are getting sick in the classrooms. You know, people have pre-existing conditions, and the department is turning a blind eye to it. You know, uh, people turn in sick, slips, whatever, and they they just ignoring them. This is the mafia type mentality that I'm seeing here, and it is wrong. It is wrong. So um, morality just does not exist. These people are just doing what the heck they want, and teachers are irate, educators, parents, support staff. They're all irate at these people that they're seeing as, you know, not having the best interests at heart. It's just sickening. It's really sickening. It's disgusting that we have leaders like this that expect people to stay in the hot classroom while they have ACs in their, in their place. But I agree with you. It's hot. So what are they going to do? Some of them will have to walk out. They can't stay. They yeah. can't stay. What, what everybody going to do? Follow? They're going to no. wait till the ambulance reach? They want more and more cases. We're, we're so, talking. We're, we're, we're talking with Miss um, Rosa Soto Thomas out of the West, president of the AFT Local 1826 here on St. Croix. We'll take a break and be back right after this. Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. 
Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. What is dedication? The thing that drives me every day as a dad is Dariana. We call him Day-Day for short. Every day he's hungry for something, whether it's attention, affection, knowledge. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that when he's no longer under my wing, that he's a good person. I want him to be able to sit back one day and go, we worked together, we did a good job. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Did you know if you're an adult living with asthma or COPD, getting sick with pertussis may result in severe complications? Pertussis, or whooping cough, is a serious respiratory illness. Vaccination is the best way to help protect against pertussis. Speak to your healthcare provider to ensure you are up to date on your Tdap vaccination. Learn more at lung.org. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where we're not just interested in what's going on in the world, but why it's happening and how. Details are important. So are different points of view. We're dedicated to bringing you the stories behind the big events and the small ones, too. Join us every Sunday morning for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Back here on this having a conversation with the union leadership uh, here on St. Croix. Um, Madam President, uh, Rosa Soto Thomas, uh, out to the West for AFT. Good morning once again, Madam President. Glad to have you on this morning. Yes. Uh, so we were talking about the, no, um, I, I, the climate situation. Yeah, yeah. So number one, I want to do. Um, I, I want. I, I don't want the the public to think that we're just. In, in offense mode uh, against the administration. As someone from Fredericksted, you got to feel good that a new school is being constructed uh, in the Evelyn Williams, uh, where, where, where the Evelyn Williams school uh, was, that area there. And it's going to be a K-8 school, I believe it is, right? That's your understanding? Right. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. So, so that's a good sign, right? Because we haven't had a new school here in Donkeys. Right. We haven't had a new school in Donkeys. And, um, you know, I think... Um, some people are excited, some people are meeting it with resistance, but it is what it is, okay? Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Because I don't think we're going to ever agree as to, you know, there's the certain things we will disagree on, and this is, in fact, one of them in terms of the community, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Department of Education made that decision, and they have moved forward. It's a done deal. It's, it's happening. The building is being erected. And, what about how... What about how they're going about doing this that is creating um, mixed perspectives, mixed views on this. What do you, what do you, what do you think is creating that? Because I well, think, I think it's a good thing. You know, I think it's a, I, I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that this could, this could be the first of, you know, I'd say 12, 14 new schools territory-wide. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the, the issue with parents is, you know, we want our kids in a neighborhood as close to home as possible. Uh-huh. 
You know, you live in town, people are accustomed to walk into Arthur Richards, going through Shark okay, You know, okay, we are okay, in the town. Okay, okay. And, and that's the issue. I'm from Frederick State. I walked to school. Okay. I went through Shark and from Hannah's Rest and walked to Claro Marco School. You know what I'm saying? That was a. Well, let me ask that question. Let me ask this question to so that the public has a, a better feel for what we're talking about. When the school is constructed, who is it going to be accommodating? It's going to be accommodating, to my knowledge, uh, uh, pre-K through 8. Uh, and what, and, 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 and what area? That would be students. We're not certain because you know the department change of district in. Uh, that's to be seen, uh, seriously. Uh, they do things at their whim. So I can't tell you that. I don't have that info. I'm pretty sure it will not include Frederick State alone. At this point, no, we're gonna see no, what happens no, because they no. don't have. You have Grove, right? You have Grove Place. Yeah, uh, yeah. that school has its issues as well. No, what, what, um, I, what I, 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 what we do on on this particular show, unlike the other uh-huh. com- commercial sta- stations, this is an NPR okay. station, so we really into information, right? Mm-hmm. So, so in order for the public to have a a real understanding of what we're dealing with in a, in a heyday, right? You had four elementary schools in Fredericksted. Right, Evelyn Williams, Eula Rivera, uh, Alexander Henderson, and Claudio Marco. Right, and then mm-hmm. and then you had one junior high school, which was the Arthur Richards Junior High right. School down there in uh, in White Lady. Right, Stony Grove, uh-huh. Stony Grove. Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. had four elementary schools and one junior high school. Right, is the new school that they're construct- constructing capable of accommodating? all of the elementary school students that would be in in what used to be those four elementary schools back in the day? Well, I don't have the exact capacity. I know it was put out publicly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that has changed since then, but it was a large amount. It was over a thousand. Okay. Over a thousand students, I believe, that um, that building can hold. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Commission of Education but Remember, remember elementary back then, it was, was K-6. Now we're talking K-8, so you yeah, got to include, can, um, got to include no, the Arthur Richards population as well correct. now, right? And it's no secret that the population has declined in the Virgin Islands, though, Without a doubt. Mr. James. Because, nobody nobody uh, can refute that. A lot of the 7th and 8th grade classes are wrong. here. barely got students in them. I tell you straight up. Wow. That's reality. Wow. And not I, I, many I, students. Some classes have 8, 7. Oh, gosh. Yeah, there are not many students uh, yeah. in that age group. That's a sad commentary for, for, what we were, for what we grew up, um, knowing what classroom size used to yeah, be back in the day. It's spread out throughout the elementary, but it's not a large, large number. So so uh, so what, why are, so then maybe is a study required to ask why are we losing students in in the seventh eighth and, and ninth grade? Well, I, I think the population on a whole is declining as the census indicated mm-hmm. the recent census that we had. So I think that uh, there, there's a lot going on with the infrastructure too. I think that's relative. That's a variable that I would think impact. You know the um, the economic situation in the Virgin Islands is another problem. Yeah, I mean, many of our children live off island. You think they want to be off island? The answer is no. Like to be here? The answer is no. Yeah, I mean, some of them would like to be here, but because of the economic situation, they've decided to move off island. So a lot of families are separated because of the economic situation. So I would think it's the same. It, it's relative. But, Mr. James, I have a meeting that I have to attend right now. Okay. They're knocking no, no. down my door. No, no, no. I, so I, I, I want to thank I, you I, for the opportunity. Not a problem. 
And um, I, I wish you and yeah, your um, union membership well. And it's not just teachers, right? Uh, support staff. No, we have paraprofessionals and paraprofessionals. support staff as well. Yeah. And I want to say kudos to them for the work they do in the mess that's going on in the working environment right now. Thank you okay? very much, Madam President. And, um, and, and I, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to another invite. Without a Take doubt. care. Not a problem. You got it. That's um, um, Ms. Rosa uh, Soto Thomas. She is the president of the St. Croix. AFT, Local 1826, that's the American Federation uh, of Teachers, and we're dealing with um, heat advisories over here. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? So uh, I remember this this man, and, and you know, you get in the car, and you know, you see mid 80s, you can live with that, right? Sometimes low 80s, but the humidity, man, the humidity is a boss, sir. You know, your fans are butts about that. You check this man, I don't know. This is 7.30, driving up the road. And the humidity, like we just say here in the territory, ain't skylarking. <laughs> That's all local town. They ain't skylark. I know skylark is a car, right? <laughs> Sky is a car, but we don't use it, right? right? Ain't no joke. That humidity, when it acting up, so when, when you get a, freshen, a freshening breeze, right? That day is like, that's like manna from heaven. <laughs> this time of year, you know, we're looking for November. I'm be honest with you. We look for November. Look, being a later, you, we knew that things had changed over the years. But in the aftermath of the storms, Mister, when we couldn't use our ones, I would find them at night without a without a generator. If Jenny ain't on. You going outside, you say, let me go outside, yeah, a fresh breeze. Ain't got no breeze outside. I mean, trees dead still. No movement from the leaves and all that stuff. And I'm going to tell you straight up. I went to school all of the 70s into the 80s. I graduated in 82. We never had a problem with the breeze back in the day. Right, we we knew that trade winds were coming up the way. Trade winds don't exist, man. At least not at the levels that it did uh, back in the day. So uh, hopefully, you know, we can uh, do what we got to do. Right. Um, hmm. One of the things uh, uh, I just got a text message here from uh, one of my. Members said, consider that GRS wants to expand its Haven site operations by getting the property of Waiko. What do you think? Hmm, that's a good, that's a good dis- discussion. You know, I, anything to do with Waiko, I'm, I, I'm just, you know, a little frustrated that, that we lost, you know, our label as the number one cruise ship uh, destination in the Caribbean because there's no reason why we should have lost that. You know, we have way too much to offer. So that's always been my biggest concern. Uh, the Waiko Port Authority, Waiko Crown Bay, uh, you know, intra-competition uh, to me never made any sense. Uh, we were number one when both of them were working. And uh, that, that's unfortunate uh, what happened there. But we're going to break that down uh, sometime next week uh, so we could get a better feel. <laughs> 
But back to back to um, you know when we were going to school, one of my listeners said, "My son, our classrooms were breezy. I didn't experience AC in the class until I got to CVI. CVI, so they lay on the hole. I ain't gonna call it in, right? But it's the truth, man. We had to work. I went, look, I went to St. Dunstan's, right? St. Dunstan's is at a little altitude above uh, Pueblo, Golden Rock Shopping Center, right? And back then." That breeze coming off of um, the rich, rich man's shoreline area, there, that used to make its way up to St. Dunstan's. We didn't have this problem. Yo, don't, if you ever run into anyone who questioning climate change, tell them, I listened to Neville James, and he said that when he went to school, in the, in the 70s, particularly late 70s, early 80s, 7 to 12, they never had a problem with heat in the class. Never. I'm serious. Things have changed. And Ronnie Russell um, used that nice terminology. Uh, one day when we were at the table talk, he was talking about forestation. That, in, that what's going on down in the Amazon and how it's impacting everything. You know, and it's truth, man. You know, we got Carla on the line. Uh, good morning, Carla. How are you? Yeah, Mr. James, back again. Well, you know that the Caribbean has been suffering from a high heat index from since, I think, was uh, February, which has caused... Not, 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 not February, not February. April, April. April. From April? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just saw a weather report that was saying from February. No, no, no. If they told you, if they told you February, you were wrong. Yeah. Any, 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 any documentation that, uh, that any periodical that says February, they were wrong because we they had days here in February and March when we were coming here in the morning, and and you take a walk in the morning, it was sixty degrees in the morning, sixty-five. Uh, up, I, upper I, I 60 degrees. I'm telling you from experience. That's when the winter months would get like cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And but, late night. One of the good things about that heat index is that seem to have kept the hurricanes out into the Atlantic and not allow them to come down into the Caribbean. Now, now we spoke about that. Uh, we spoke about that with uh, Ian Colón on Monday. Actually, he said what happened is there's always a ridge Right, there's always a ridge, a ridge of high pressure, a ridge of high pressure, and, and that that would cause the storms to travel more west. However, this year the ridge is weak, so that is allowing for the storms to penetrate the ridge, and that's the reason why they're veering off to the north before they get to the archipelago, which for us is a good thing. Well, and any kind of wind shear that could break up any sort of oh, wind shear uh, happening now. The wind shear don't really happen. Uh, uh, until the latter part of September um, and into early uh, beginning in early October, wind shear don't really happen uh, for the first twenty days of September and most of August and all that stuff. That's why the storms work their way Guadeloupe, um, Saint Lucia. Um, what's the next one? Um, Martinique, right? And then when they get back into the Caribbean Sea, then they veer off to the north and heads for us. You know what I mean? Sometimes it goes south of St. Croix. Sometimes it goes through St. Croix. Sometimes it goes a little to the east of St. Croix. But that means St. Thomas and St. John get hit. And then, of course, the Great Antilles, whether it be Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, well, the Jamaica. the system that you have uh, now, what, what's the barometric pressure? What, a, what a, a, like? a, a thousand and, and two. Anytime it's like 
thousand two million bars. Thousand two million bars. But 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 it's going uh Holland. But it it's expected to weaken. A thousand and three millibars location. 685 miles east of the northern Leeward Islands, which is us. Um, maximum sustained winds, 45 miles an hour. Present movement west at 12 miles per hour. Minimum central pressure, 1,003 millibars, 29.62 inches of mercury. There are no coastal watches or warnings in effect because they expect it to weaken. So we'll take the rain. We'll take a oh. tropical wave. Yeah, yeah, you definitely need the race. That's that's what they will show. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. Like I said, no, man, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we are almost out of September, which is as you know, which is good. Is, which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so one, once we clear that, twenty seventeen. So, no, yeah, once once, once we once we clear September, typically we don't really get touch up. But you can't trust nothing nowadays with with climate change and the water warm. You never know what happened. Yeah, As a matter of fact, this one was supposed to veer. No, that, this this that, one was supposed to veer off to the north already, and it didn't veer off to the north. For the storms. Yeah. As a matter of fact, right in Florida, we still having some warm, humid days. Yeah, so We could see yeah. that the, the season is changing because, like, all in the man, I went outside a little while ago, and you know, still people feel a little nip in the air. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the evening time, yeah. yeah. So, I know you could see the door, but we're wrapping up the show. Thanks for calling back. We're looking out. You Not got it. Problem. You Not got it. Day. That's uh, uh, Devin Grant calling in there. So, uh, great show today. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Daryl Jashin, Director of ITIMA, Ustatita Encarnacion, uh, Commissioner of uh, uh, Department of Health, uh, which prompted me to get a text message from the notorious TC8C, who I had to, to let her know. I'm glad that you remember the number I haven't heard from her in a long time. And then, of course, uh, Assistant Director Antonio Stevens for the Fire and Emergency Medical Services uh, joining us that landfill situation. Hopefully, um, we could contain that, make it a part of our history, and then we go forward. Then, it's Rosa Soto Thomas for a little 20 minute conversation. Um, one of the teachers and the students to know that uh, we got it back, and the administration too. We're going to support everybody, right? And to me, a new school is a good thing. Hopefully, you can get us new schools across the territory. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culturman Silcat. Early bird tickets go on sale beginning Monday, October 16th through Tuesday, November 14th. Tickets will be available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Sight Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at WTJX.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255 or 340-690-7293. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, Antilly School, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, and the VI Housing Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget.